Welcome to another episode of the Daily. It is the 4th of June, and it's me, Janice, with you today. Now, when I say the word good weather, my guess is that many of you think of clear skies, fluffy white clouds, a fair amount of sunshine. Maybe a teeny number of you had a totally different image. Maybe you thought of gloomy skies, like a cloudy day with a chance of heavy downpour. That would be what you consider good weather. We use the word good liberally, don't we? We say good times, that's a good one. Have a good day. He's a good person. Oh, that sounds good. Things like that. We have quite a distinct way of classifying what goes into the good box and what goes into the not so good box. One of the things that my husband and I implemented when we first got married was this guideline to help us ease into each other's families. Because we met at Bible school, out of our usual setting, so to speak, um, you know, in a third place, away from our usual place, we're away from family and friends with whom we grew up and all that, our respective parents needed time to get to know our spouse. So in our first few years of marriage, we stayed in our my hometown. We established that good things will come from my husband, while the not-so-good things will come from me. And then... Now that we've migrated to where Matt's parents are, we reverse that. Good things would include gifts, presents, good news, ideas for outings or dinners. Whereas bad things would include stuff like less exciting updates or bad news or you know, cancelling family stuff or whatever along those lines. Interestingly, we've never run into an argument about which is bad or good and who does which, which is absurdly wonderful. I guess it's easy to box those things. I suppose those involve more tangible or concrete things, so it's easier to distinguish. But when it comes to more in-depth stuff, like values and worldviews, motivations of the heart, it's not as clear-cut. There's a portion in Psalm 119, the longest chapter in the Bible, that says, Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. You are good and do good. Teach me your statutes. Psalm 119, 67-68 I find in these few words so much to learn, so much truth. We get the sense when you delve deeper into them that the psalmist had willfully chosen to go on a path which diverged from what he was taught. He didn't keep to the word taught to him. So he went astray, but then he encountered affliction. And that word afflicted is rendered from the Hebrew word ana, which means humbled, bowed down, to be dealt hardly with. In fact, a couple of translations say, say, I wandered off until you disciplined me, or I strayed off. As a result of him experiencing hardship, although it's not clear to us the nature and the severity of the affliction, he says now he keeps what he did not keep. It's as though the affliction is to be appreciated because if not for it, he would not keep God's word. He would not follow his word closely. And we see this similar sentiment throughout scripture of someone who you know, went through something that then they perceived as a good thing because of its impact on their walk with God. Think Abraham, Noah, Habakkuk, Jeremiah, Peter, Paul, just to name a few. And while it's not popular or attractive, 
it begs to be said that in our Christian faith, unless we experience affliction, unless we really face human brokenness and hardships and see how poor all of us truly are in and of ourselves, we cannot freely and truly live out the incredible richness of the grace we have in Christ. For me, I can honestly say before I experienced being hurt by some friends, I was arrogant. But now I learn Jesus gives grace to the humble. I learn He heals the broken. Before I was misunderstood and betrayed, I was self-sufficient, proud of my achievements, but now I only want to be successful in God's eyes. And He teaches me to not evaluate others by the world's standards. Before I was struck down and silenced by shame and despair because of a huge problem I was facing, I was presumptuous, I took things lightly, but now I know how important it is to keep my heart in check and seek wisdom. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. You can read this too and take a moment to consider before you were, fill in the blank, you fill in the blank, but now fill in the blank. In verse 68, the psalmist goes on to say succinctly, you are good and do good. Teach me your statutes. I love what that captures because not only does God do good things, give good gifts, have good plans for us, He Himself is the epitome of good. He is the essence of good. Not merely by what, how we define good, but way beyond our construct of good, really. Like James 1.17 tells us, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of Lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Let us be reminded that God gives us gifts in our lives that are good because they come from Him, the source of love, the fountainhead of good. His goodness doesn't change. He doesn't change. He is constant, so constant there is no shadow about Him whatsoever. C.S. Lewis writes in The Problem of Pain, God's love, far from being caused by goodness in the object, causes all the goodness which the object has, loving it first into existence and then into real, though derivative, lovability. God is goodness. He can give good, but cannot need or get it. When I reflect on my own journey of faith, I can clearly see how God shapes me, shapes my understanding of how good He is. And when I say that, you know, I'm not saying it with my head up in the clouds. I'm very conscious that I say it having gone through some significant moments of struggle, which adds depth to my confession of His goodness, that it is a process of growing and increasing trust in Him. And I bet for you too, like gloomy, rainy weather, our struggle, our sickness, our painful situations can go into the good box. There is no apparent advantage, no perceivable benefit, no immediate gain, no quantifiable profit, but what makes the difference? 
The way God sees or defines good is not by how something is of benefit or advantage to us. This is not about us. But by how it is to His standard of desirable virtue, eternal character, fine quality, in fact, of beauty and fittingness of all things for all things. And these are my limited words to capture his immense goodness here in this podcast, but I hope you get the idea. Let me say that again. The way God sees or defines good is not by how something is of benefit or advantage to us, but by how it is to his standard of desirable virtue, eternal character, fine quality, of beauty and fittingness of all things for all things. As a parent, it's a constant struggle to bring across to my children my perspective of what is good versus their perspective of what is good. I'll give you a couple examples. Mommy, can I watch another video, please? No. Why? It's not good for you. Why not? Or, Mommy, do I have to fold my clothes now? Yes. I'll fold them later. I want to play some more. Please fold them now. It's good to fold and then play. Why? It's sometimes my explanation of how I judge something as being good falls short of their expectations or comprehension. It's not that I expect them to understand every time I explain, but we try. Or at times, they'll just need to do it first or go through it first. And some days you get there, many days you don't. If you're a parent, hey, you understand. Just this Monday, I woke up feeling hopeful for a morning hike. Our son wasn't keen, said he didn't want to get all sweaty and sticky, but in the end we ended up going, but much later in the afternoon. He packed his trusty little bag along with his notebook with the intention of taking notes like he sometimes does when he goes out on excursions. And during our hike, he got really into it. We made many stops where he could stoop down and jot stuff down into that notebook. Of course, in terms of distance, it wasn't much of a hike. But I was pleased as punch that he seemed to be enjoying the walk. On our way back to the car, he said somewhat reflectively, I really enjoyed our hike. Thank you, mommy, for bringing me. I said, oh, didn't you get full of sweat? It's so hot, right? He said, yeah. But actually, it's nice to sweat a bit and walk. So I thought to myself, if we hadn't come out for this walk, he wouldn't have gotten sweaty. But he also wouldn't have had that experience and we wouldn't have had that moment, that conversation. Let's take a moment to reflect right now. Is there something you're going through that you struggle to associate with the word good? What is it? Maybe something you admit is necessary to go through, but you find it hard to call good. Take a moment and let God guide you to think of this something right now. What makes this situation or circumstance a hard thing and affliction for you? Is there anxiety you feel or fear? What is it? Identify what you sense or perceive about it.
Now bring this before God and talk to Him. Pour out what's on your heart honestly and freely. Ask Him to show you His goodness in this situation you're bringing before Him. And then quiet down and listen to Him respond to you. As you listen to God's response, what word or impression is He bringing? Lay hold of that word or impression. Let God speak to you. And if you can, note it down or draw it. I hope that was a good moment of reflection and I hope that God would meet you in that place of need where you can taste and see that He truly is good. Let me pray as we end. Father, you are good in nature and in action. Teach us to follow you closely and keep your word. Teach us to be willing, obedient to you, trusting and receptive in all our ways, not in our own abilities or understanding, but in you who are always and essentially good, that we may experience all the goodness you have for us, even when we cannot understand, while we experience these situations, simply because we were willing and obedient to follow you, that we can testify if it were not for these afflictions, we wouldn't have grown. And more importantly, we wouldn't have a closer walk with you and not being able to serve as reflectors of the very good that you embody to those around us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in to yet another episode of The Daily. We hope this was life-giving for you and have a great weekend ahead. Hey. Pastor Andre here. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of The Daily. If you like what you're hearing and you want to check us out, you can look us up on Facebook or Instagram or check out our website www.thecity.sg for more information. Have a great day ahead. Grace and peace.